God's rachma, agape, love to you, my brothers and sisters in Christ. May God's love continue to fill you and delight you, walk before you and behind you and beside you and uplift you always and forever. Amen? Amen. Today we're taking a look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew 1, 18 through 25. If you've got your Bibles with you, open it up to Matthew 1, 18 through 25, or on your uh, phones or tablets, we'll take a look at that. And while we're taking a look at that, I don't know how many of you have ever seen Fiddler on the Roof, but when Tevia asked Goldie, do you love me, Tevia being the, the uh, main character of Fiddler, Goldie, his lovely bride of 25 years, looks at him and says, for 25 years I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned the house, given you children, milked your cow. She asks then, if that's not love, what is? Well, as we just saw, love is an action, and God is a God of action all the way around. And today, as we take a look at love, what do you love about Christmas? What are the actions of Christmas that you love? What are the actions of this season that you love? What do you love about Christmas? Do you love that sound of music plays every time at this year, or it's a wonderful life? Do you love decorating for Christmas? Do you love baking or cooking for Christmas? Do you love the family that gathers for Christmas? Do you love singing Christmas songs? Do you love the smells and sights and sounds of Christmas? Or do you love the chaos of Christmas and at the last day, December 24th, going out and buying all your Christmas presents? What do you love about Christmas? Turn to the person next to you and just share what was the first thought that came into your mind about what you love about Christmas. Go! All right, time's up. I'm going to move us on. Christmas. Love. It's that time of year where there's a lot of smiles, but yet there's a lot of anxiety and chaos and concerns and cares that weigh us down. We might be smiling on the outside, but we might not be feeling so good on the inside. Maybe in our tummies. Maybe in our hearts. Maybe in our heads maybe in our bodies or lives or relationships. And it's tough sometimes to hear about love, especially during this time. But love is also what God gives to us and anchors us and blesses us with over and over and over. There are things that I love about Christmas. As you walked in today, maybe you saw the manger scene of Joseph and Mary and Jesus gathered around the throne of the manger. Or maybe your love of Christmas is the Christmas trees and the presents that sit underneath them, or the decorations that adorn the Christmas tree. Or maybe you are the one who, who loves traditions and the lighting of Advent candles, and how the Advent candle 
starts with hope and then goes to peace and then joy and finally anchored by love surrounding the Christ candle. Which, by the way, for those who love to see the connections in the Bible, is just the opposite of Galatians 5.22 of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit given out are love and joy and hope and peace. And so in Advent, as we are waiting expectantly for the Christ child, we gear up to that. And now, after receiving Christ, we are able to give that out. Love and joy and hope and peace. Or patience, as it's written in the Bible, to those around us. Or, maybe you love Christmas because Christmas points to the ultimate Black Friday, the best gift ever given and received. And I know at Christmas, it's tough talking about that, but we can't have Christmas without Good Friday. And we can't have Good Friday without Sunday Easter. And so these gifts of love that God gives to us just permeate this Christmas season. And no matter what's going on in your heart, your tummy, your mind, your body, your life, know that God loves you. And how can we then take that and understand love? Well, as I say before, I'm a simple guy. And so for me, I've got to keep it simple as far as love. I've looked in Webster dictionaries. I've watched all the Hallmark movie channel, love channel things just to understand love. But when it comes down to it, it's pretty much spelled out for us. Love. And in this text that we're going to see, love is in action, love is a verb, love in action, we see how Joseph loves Mary, how Mary loves Jesus, how God loves each of us sinners, and how we, in turn, can love one another. So Matthew 1.18, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. We've heard this number of times, and I, I love the tension in the text. Whenever we come to something, what's going to be different? What's going to be tension in there? What does it mean for me in my life? And Joseph had two options. He was a very devout man who followed the Torah, the law, and he could have, um, uh, he, he had a couple options. He, he was knowing that his parents had arranged this marriage. At least generally, that's what we might believe because that was pretty much the practice back in those days. Parents arranging marriages for their children for economic or social reasons, whatever it might be. Joseph might not have even liked Mary, but we see that he does love her in just a moment. We'll get to that. But before that, he could have married her anyway. He could have defied what was going on with his religious beliefs, his ritualistic status of following. He, he could have said, 
well, I'm going to go ahead and marry her anyway. Or he could have done what many righteous-minded people do. He could have disgraced her. Back in those days, being religious, he could have taken her before the religious leaders and he could have said, we're going to publicly disgrace her. Or she might have even been stoned to death for what was perceived as adultery. What about us? How many times do we kind of feel like Joseph sometimes, slighted, angered, and so we want revenge, or we want to disgrace, or we want to defy, or we want to maybe even stone somebody, at least in our hearts? That's the human view. But then we see God kind of creeping in. And I believe the Holy Spirit led Joseph to do the third option. To defend her honor. To defend his betrothed. To defend the bride. To defend the body. To defend and divorce her quietly. I think there was love there. Because he could have self-righteously taken her before the religious leaders. But I think that love entered in. He defended the body. He defended the best part that he would ever receive here on earth. Verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. I think that defending the best, defending the betrothed, defending the bride, defending the body is something that we are called to do. To be able to say, we want to defend our faith, we want to defend our family, we want to defend this community together. And love helps us do that. And love, coming from the cross as a gift, sends us out to be able to share God's love. There was a, a picture that uh, we're going to show up on the screen. And it has a picture of this. And it's a picture that I found from Garuna. Garuna is, uh, we had a, a pastor come in and speak a, a year or two ago. And Garuna is a group that works with overseas education and ministries around, uh, around the world. And I saw this picture and it caught my eye. And I was sharing this with somebody earlier this week and I was talking about how this was a graphic that I was looking at using. Uh, and the person said, yeah, but there's a dangling S. And that's going to bug people. And for those of you who are chuckling, that's probably bugging you. You might see Jesus loves you and that dangling s just kind of sits out there well we're going to take about a look at the dangling s in just a moment but love can sometimes be a maze and it's hard sometimes to go in and out of what love means and how god loves us and how we're to love one another as god calls us and it can feel like a maze in our relationships with those we love or those who hurt us, or those we hurt, 
Or as we gather around at Christmas time, how do we love the family that comes together? Well, love is an action. And verse 20 says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Fear not to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, Savior, Salvation, Yeshua, because he will save his people from their sins. First, we have to start with God. The letter L is God listens to the needs of his people. For hundreds of years from the Old Testament to the intertestamental period to the New Testament, God was hearing the people's needs and cries. And from the very beginning of creation, he had the plan that he listened to our need for a Savior. And that's the overarching theme of Christmas, our need for a Savior that dangling S that just hangs there. Our sins are covered by Jesus who saves us. And that's something that God listens for. And for hundreds of years, the people of Israel thought that they were lost without someone who listens to them, but God was listening. And he had a plan to fulfill his purpose and his promise. And you might feel today that God isn't listening to you. But God listens to you constantly. He listens. And I think that's a great template for us. Do we listen to our husband or wife, our children, our parents, the people that we hurt the most, the people that we disgrace, the people that we defy? Do we listen? Do we listen to be able to defend be able to love. Listen. Verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. All right, so God listened. Not only did he listen, he also fulfilled what he was going to do, what he promised. He observed the needs of his people. And so, oh, in love to me simply is observed. Are you observing what the needs of those under your roof are? Are you observing what the needs of your neighborhood are? Are you observing what the needs of your friends are? Are you observing who needs to be loved? Are you listening? Are you observing? God does. Joseph did. How are we doing? 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not only did God listen and observe, he also voiced it. He gave this promise to you and to me. There's going to be someone born, God, 100% God, 100% man, born for you. God with us. Do you voice your love to those around you? Do you let them know that you love them? Do you say it enough so that they hear it and understand it and receive it? Do you listen? Do you observe? Do you voice it? 
In verse 24, when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to to a son. And he, Joseph, gave him the name Savior. Salvation. Yeshua. Jesus. God looked down and saw our need and he embraced it. He embraced it. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to hold you with my arms that have been stretched out on the cross and I'm going to hold you and I'm going to love you and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to send my Holy Spirit because I embrace you as my children. You are loved. God listens to us. God observes us. God voices it and he embraces it. And that's what love is in a simple way for me. And so that's what our call is for this week. Are you listening to those around you? Are you observing? Are you voicing? Are you embracing them? It all comes down to that dangling us. Something that people overlook or say, we don't need that. But that's our Savior. That's salvation. That's God saves. And in our culture today, there are many people that don't want that S around. And I would say here in the church, maybe there are some who aren't even expecting Jesus to return. We come together and we say we're going to gather, but ultimately our goal is to be in heaven with our Lord and Savior for all eternity. And the greatest gift that he could give to us is by coming back today before Christmas. What a great Christmas present be awesome to be with our Lord forever. But in culture today, people don't want the S. They're okay with the love and the maze of love. And they're okay with Jesus. And they're okay with you. But it's that S. God who saves us. God who brings us salvation. That dangling S is what Christ and Christmas is all about. Maybe you need to receive that dangling S. Maybe you need to receive your Savior, salvation. Or maybe you need to share it with someone else. To invite them to Christmas Eve where we're going to talk about really the greatest gift. Really. Or next Sunday. Or just share with them some coffee or your time and say, Let me share with you about Jesus. Or maybe it's just praying for someone to know Jesus. Because brothers and sisters, ultimately, we're to know Jesus and be home with him for all eternity. And that's the greatest love gift that we can ever give. So I encourage us to reach out, to forgive, to listen, to observe, to voice it, to embrace it, our call to action to love. To love as God loves us. To love God, to love one another, always and forever. Amen.